The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Definitely provides a different context to the sermon today. Um, For any of our holy holidays, we have a very long lead up now. And and partly is because we've learned to market everything. We've learned to make the most of it, not for our souls, but for our pocketbooks. And for us who really want to remember the reality of what's happening, whether it's Christmas and the the birth of the one who would come to take away the sins of the world, or Easter when we remember the death of the anointed one and his resurrection with power. I think for us who really, really want to focus our eyes on that and and hold it in our our vision and, and really live into it, we we get tired by the time it arrives, Easter, Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> and I think sometimes just because it's, it's so commercialized, um, I, I guess for myself, I'll speak personally, I, I start kind of avoiding it. I, I see the, the excitement, even the posts on Facebook. And, and for me, I start shying away from it, I realize. And... Uh, and I think if you're in that place, we are really helped by the disciples and their response to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Their response was basically threefold. They went into hiding, were terribly scared, and they basically went back to whatever they were doing before they met Jesus. And we're helped by that because that's, I think, our instinct. Commercialism, we go into hiding, right? We see posts that from maybe some posts that just are out there, and we think of our friends who they they hear about Jesus and there's so much doubt in their hearts. We see him and we're like, oh, and we're kind of scared to associate ourselves a little bit. Maybe I'm revealing my own heart here, you know. And it's like, whoa, how do we how do we really represent the truth of what's happening? And sometimes it's that fear, hiding, and kind of just waiting to go back to normal waiting to go back to whatever was happening the three months before they started selling Easter candy the day after Christmas, right? And we're like, okay, maybe we're going to push back all the way to August. And I want to live in August last year. And that's just, that's what it looks like, I think, for us. And, and in a way, it was the same response of the disciples. Fear, hiding, going back to what we consider as normal. So I want, just for this moment, this, this moment in history, really, that we have today to look at the event that then defines everything else in history, the most important moment in history that can speak to, I believe, even the tragedy that the world is so shocked by today. And, and so read with me Matthew 28, just the beginning. And, and it really is, seems like a very simple story. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene 
And the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And, and think about this. They're going to look at the tomb because they are fully expecting to find a body there. Right? Because they're scared. They've been in hiding. They've gone back to whatever. And business is normal. All the words of Jesus have kind of, you know, they're, they're now things that were encouraging but not currently encouraging. And so they've just come to the tomb to find a body. And there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Wow. I mean, think of, think of him speaking this into their context. Think of, think of the angel speaking this to any of our contexts. Don't be afraid for, I know what you're looking. You are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Going on, it says... There we go. Thank you. He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Isn't it interesting? Still afraid, still. I think part of it is like, Okay, we're taking that guy's word for it, you know? And so they go, and, and then they're bringing this news to other people who aren't going to really get it yet. So they're afraid. They ran to the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and says, greetings. What a, what a hello. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm here. It's, he's just, hello, greetings. And they came and they clasped his feet and they worshiped him. And, and, and I, I wonder if Jesus, he was just greetings because he was like, I told you all this would happen. You know, and, and so he's pretty chill about it. And, and they're, they're so excited. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Again, this is the third time fear is mentioned. Isn't that amazing? Don't be afraid. They're afraid. Don't be afraid. Remember, really, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the story. This is what we remember today. What does this mean, and what, does, what makes this the most important moment in all of history that defines really the rest of what's going on. And there's just, I'm going to blitz through four different passages because the rest of the New Testament, the rest of, of the writings of the apostles and those that came after this event were all trying to wrap their minds around the significance of the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, so we're just going to blitz our way through a couple of verses here. The first being 1 Corinthians 15. It says this, when the perishable has been closed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we see happening here? Victory. That's what we're trying to wrap our minds around. What Victory. No longer does death have the final say. But the victory is found in the resurrection of Jesus. The next is in Colossians. Colossians 1. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What do we have? We have victory and we have rescue. Right? And, and think of it. 
literally all the writings in the scripture after the resurrection of Jesus are all going, what does this mean? How is this significant to our lives? And they were like, like all these battles that have been fought and all the deaths that have been done, the final victory is in Jesus because he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Going on just to the next chapter in Colossians, Colossians 2, it says this, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the charge of your legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailed it to the cross, having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them on the cross. We have victory, we have rescue, and we have triumph. These are pretty big words. Right, going into what, what does that mean? What does that mean for Jesus not to stay in the tomb, but to rise from the dead? It means victory, rescue, triumph. And then lastly in Romans 8, listen to this. This is so, so good. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. And what it's speaking of here really is that idea of adoption, right? If, if he, in Jesus raising from the dead, as the son of God has given all things, all things that are given to Jesus are given to us. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to the slaughter. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither present nor future, any power, height, depth, anything else in all creation is able to separate from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What does this most significant moment in history mean for us? It means victory, rescue, triumph, and eternal, unshakable love. That's what it means for us. So the question is, how do we, how do we live into that? And I think a lot lot of us being in that place is we're like, man, I want victory, I want triumph, I want rescue, I want to, I want to live in the reality that I am loved eternally. How do I, how do I do that? Because I see the disciples, but I see that I'm like the disciples. I see that I go into hiding really quickly. I fear so quickly. I have committed my life to follow Jesus, but now I find myself kind of going back to what I was doing before. Why? What will change that? And there are, there are these things. I, I want to look at four ways of faith really quick that we see if we want to go back to, to the Matthew 28, looking at the resurrection of Jesus and, and their interaction with the, the angel. Four ways of faith that will help us fully participate in victory, triumph, rescue, and this eternal love that God has so given us in him. And think about that. If you're like, has he really given it to us? Listen to the logic of Romans 8. If he has not withheld Jesus from us, how will he not give you all these other things he's promised you? It'd be one thing just to keep talking about it, but but God made good on his promises, right? Because he gave us Jesus 
And we've seen Jesus' death and resurrection. So really the question is, man, he gave Jesus to us. And then he says, this is what it means. And for us, we go, now, man, how, do I, how do I participate in that? The first is this, have faith to remember. Faith to remember. And, and we hear, what is the, the, the words of the angel to them? He says, don't be afraid. Know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said to you. Just as he's told you. Now, this, this would kind of be embarrassing for the disciples, right? They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, I think he, I think he told us something about this, right? But, but translate that to our lives. What has God said to us? He's, he's told us that he's given us not just uh, the scraps from his table, but he's given us all things in Christ. So how do we participate in that? And it's not getting lost in the moment. What's happening right now in your moment? Maybe in your moment, you're, you're still back 10 minutes ago when we're thinking, man, and your, your heart is with the people in Sri Lanka. And in this moment, all of a sudden, something, for you it could be, Something that happened this week, or like my family, a diagnosis that was given to my dad a couple weeks ago, and we, we live in that moment. All of a sudden, it, it takes over the rest of our life. And so this act of faith, the faith of remembering is giving context to the moment that you're in. Give context to the moment you're in, because the context the angel gave them was remember what Jesus has said to you. Remember what he said, and you can hold on to those words and take them with you. He's made investment in you by giving you his words. Now will you take him at his words? Uh, to think of it in, in another context, I think of how often we were told as kids, uh, remember what you've been told. You're like going into the supermarket with your family, and, and you know, <laughs> your parents will look at you and be like, hey, remember how we act as a family. You know, I do the same thing with my dog every day. Literally, I look at my puppy and I'm like, this is not what we do as a family. <laughs> and, and, and he doesn't listen. And, and, but neither do we, right? Just, you know, there's a frustration of like, no, we've gone through this, you know. And, but this is literally what the angel, I'm sure he wasn't patronized, but he was just like, remember yeah, and, and for the for the angels that this was think of this building anticipation for the angels in heaven who like see the king, the prince of heaven come down and, and to watch people deal with their indecision in relationship to him. And then he and then the angel gets to come down and be like, Greetings, he's alive. He's just like like he always told you. And the faith of remembering that we can laugh at now in the moments where, where that thing has taken up the full context of our life, I want you to build out around that the real context, which is the words of Jesus and the promises that he's made to us. How can we faithfully daily remember the resurrection in our lives? That gives context to our life. What context would that give you to your life right now? The second thing is this, the faith to wait the faith to wait. Now, think of their waiting, their agony, what led them into hiding as they waited for Jesus, but then the waiting that he again asked of them. This almost seems cruel, doesn't it? 
an angel instead of just Jesus there in the tomb? Like, why didn't they go in and Jesus was there? Because there's something that happens in the waiting and the believing in the waiting. (laughs) Angel goes, take me at my word, go tell them. And they go and they're still afraid because they're learning to have faith in the waiting. There's this... um, incredible experiment that I've, I've talked about before that, that reminds me of this. It's called the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, which uh, they put these little kids in a room with a marshmallow on the table, and they say, if we come back in five minutes and you don't eat the marshmallow, we're going to give you a second marshmallow. Right? And they, they videotape. It's very cruel. Um, but, but, they, but the kids sit there, and, and they just wait with the marshmallow. And, you know, the table's, like, here on them, and they, like... And they like go all around it. And some of them, they literally, they like pick it up and they're like. <laughs> and, but it's the, the agony of waiting. Of Even with the promise, I will give you a second marshmallow if I come back. And, and again, that's funny. But what does that look like in the context of our life? What has God given you now that, that he's asked you to wait through? It's cute for kids, but to watch the disciples just at Jesus' betrayal, there was only one of them at the cross. Just think of at that moment, them being asked to wait just a couple days until Jesus would come again and the, the scare of that waiting. Full participation in the resurrection means learning to fully participate in the waiting process. Because even now, we're in this already but not yet. We have this, this promise. We, the promise made good by Jesus that still we wait for its full completion. And we still live in a world that is constantly hurt, broken over and over again by the fall. As we, we wait... For the final victory the final rescue as we wait. How are you doing at waiting? Do you forget the resurrection? Are you overwhelmed by present circumstances? Do you forget that this also is a waiting time? How does that shape you? As you've been told, go, don't be afraid. Tell others. Jesus is resurrected. The third thing is this, faith to accept. Faith to accept the words that have been spoken, the full truth, not just parts. I think how, how the disciples, when Jesus did the things that they liked and they understood, it was so easy to accept. Sweet, he just made a couple loaves into 12 baskets. That's easy to accept. Instant gratification, right? When Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, and they're like, yeah, keep giving it to us. But when Jesus then said, I'm the resurrection and the life, and Lazarus is still in the tomb, it's a little harder, right? This is what Jesus is saying, while he waited, so the glory of God could be fully revealed in the resurrection of Lazarus, and he comes back, and Jesus himself weeps, knowing that he would raise Lazarus, and just moments from there, he weeps because he's seeing what sin and the brokenness is doing to the world. How, how do we live 
accepting the words of Jesus in these circumstances. The full truth that Jesus, John 11, is the resurrection and life. John 14, that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. Matthew 28, that Jesus will surely be with us to the very end of the age. Jesus has told us these things so that we can accept them and believe them. Consider these, the difference it makes for us to believe these things in our life. I was t- telling somebody recently, after my dad being diagnosed with cancer, the, the verse simply, I am the resurrection and the life, has meant complete, something completely different to me. Completely different. What does it mean for Jesus to be the resurrection and the life? For us not just to have a hope for the present moment. But when we put our trust in him, we too will be resurrected with him. How do you interact with the full truth of what Jesus is saying and all that he has promised? The last is this, faith to continue until he comes again or calls us home. Faith to continue until he comes again or calls us home. Now, Jesus only stayed with the disciples 40 days after he was raised from the dead. Think about that. Think of the, the fear and, and in just a short amount of time how quickly they went back to their old way of life and then Jesus now has his 40 days with them. And, and I think probably after he rose from the dead, they were like, this is it. <laughs> like, the kingdom's come. And, and we're just, for the rest of our lives, it'll just be us and Jesus. And, and think of what they would have felt when Jesus goes, no, I am, I am leaving. I am going to prepare a place for you. I, I literally, in just a number of days, I will be gone again. What does that mean for the disciples? And then for Jesus to say, because, because now is not the time where, where the full victory and the full triumph, this is what we're going to do is we're going to start getting the world ready and going out and telling people about the resurrection in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth because I want everyone to know that they can have the victory, the triumph, the rescue, and know my eternal love. And he goes, so you're going to go out to the whole world and you're going to tell them that. He goes, that's not, we don't have 40 days in enough time, so I'm going to give you some more time. I'm going to send my spirit so you can, can go with power and do that. Now, how are we doing having the faith to continue? How are we being called to continue making decisions every day in light of the reality of the resurrection? Right, not just making the most of this moment, but literally using every moment to show people that there is triumph, rescue, victory, and eternal love in Jesus. And that is proven by his resurrection from the dead. Are are we by faith remembering, waiting, accepting, and continuing in this way? And I think, I think, Paul writes it so well. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me in the life I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's now the way I live because of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. So this is what the resurrection means. To summarize, death has been defeated and its stinger has been plucked out. You are part of the kingdom of God. You have come by faith in him and have been rescued from sin. God has made you alive in Christ and the life of Christ 
cannot be taken away by death. Nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God. That is what the resurrection of Jesus means. It is a historic fact that we all must grapple with, both those who now put our faith in Jesus, and if you're still questioning, we have to wrap our heads around what does it mean for Jesus to not stay in the tomb, but to have risen with power. And for all of us, both those who are are followers of Jesus right now and, and you who maybe are considering is, do I remember or do I get distracted so easily? Am I gonna continue? Am I gonna accept? Am I gonna wait? And these literally, I just wanna, I wanna remind you as we go, that these are every single moment decisions that we're making. Every single moment that you are alive, you get to either live into the reality of the resurrection or hide in fear, forgetting the words of Jesus. And this is a real challenge to us, right? This sounds because, because I know, I know as I'm preaching this, there are things in our heads that are crowding that out. And so just give, just wrap that in the context of the resurrection of Jesus. The context that there is nothing in all creation, neither height nor depth, nor principality nor power, Life, nothing in all creation can separate you from his love. Wrap it in that context. And that's proven to you because God did not withhold his son, but gave you his son. He did not just take all your sins with him to the grave, but he rose with power in his resurrection and says, all that's done away with. And now you're mine. So, so this is how we can move on from this day, is literally just wrap our whole lives in the context of that moment where Jesus rose from the dead and everything changes. So this is my simple encouragement to you. Every moment of your life when you don't know what to think about, think about this. Whenever you have a decision to make, make it in light of this. When you grapple with the reality of death or suffering, wrap it in this, that Jesus gave himself for you. And Jesus was not defeated, but Jesus was the victor and he's given all his victory to you. Pray with me. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, there are these moments I feel like when we really do get to like lift our eyes up, we just... We, we can focus on moments and things and, and things that are important. And that's why we see you weeping at the tomb of Lazarus. These are, are important, but these are in the context of you being the resurrection and the life. For those who have put their faith in you, death will never mean final defeat, but just a passing from this life into the next passing from a time where we have been given to prepare our hearts for their union with you perfectly and eternally. God, teach us by your spirit how to speak about these things, both to ourselves and others. Teach us by your spirit how to look through this perspective at the world, the world that we're walking into 
Thank you for committing to eternally love us. And for all the doubts that even might pop up in our hearts in this moment, I pray that, that a louder voice will be you saying, there's not anything, anything, anything in all creation that can separate us from your love. We praise you and love you so much. Pray all these things in the name of Jesus, amen.